this morning, but it was this picture of this room. And a lot of times when I'm talking about prayer and hearing God's voice, sorry, I'm not trying to <laughs> um, I, I use the picture of, okay, when you're wanting to hear God's voice, he's given us our mind to process communication. Our mind is not our spirit. It's an organ, just like your heart pumps blood. Your mind controls all these processes in your body. That may be obvious, but when we're going to communicate with God, we have to recognize that he's given us this amazing gift in our brain as a processing tool. So I often picture it like a grid or like a screen, and he starts to speak to us on that screen through words, pictures, feelings, impressions. But we are all used to using our minds as a screen because we all use it all the time. I'm thinking about that I need to get dog food. I'm thinking about that I want to buy this chest for our new house. I'm thinking about, you know, I mean, I can think all of that at one minute while I'm also talking to y'all. It goes so fast, and it's like smarter than our mouths are. And that um, that's the place where God talks to us. And what I saw in, when I say saw, I mean, I'm picturing on that screen. This morning as I was saying, Lord, what specifically are you saying for us at WAG, this group of women who are here today? He just made that screen pop into 3D. And I felt like he was saying he's absolutely expanding all of our capacity to communicate with him. And that really is the heart of um, praying and like Jesus teaching us to pray. And then I also felt like he was saying, I wrote it down. I also felt like he was saying that he's giving us, and this is unique to you guys. I'll, I'll share with you what I felt like he said just in general in a minute, but I, I feel like there's some unique things for us. Um, he wants us to look at what's on our grid from this last season. So, for instance, this is a little example. Last year, going into the new year, felt so much hope for what God was doing and what, what was coming. And the year was actually incredible. Um, like at Christ Healing Center, we raised more money than we ever have before. But we also went through a very, very hard season where money wasn't coming in. We had to cut our budget. We had to let go of two people. We had to kind of bust it. That's just one little example. Um, I, I, I've been sicker in the last two years than I've ever been working in a healing center. Um, you know, just little things like that where you experience, like you look back and you go, wow, this is amazing. The things that are happening are amazing. I wouldn't trade any of it. This is incredible. This was really good. But you also go, and this was also hard. <laughs> and I don't know that I would want to go through that again. Um, or other things like this was incredibly traumatic. What happened in the last year or the last two years is on my screen. It's on my grid constantly. So when I go to talk to the Lord, that's the thing that sometimes I'm seeing through. And I felt like he was saying... Look at it, be aware of it, and talk with me about it because I'm clearing grids. He really wants to clear our screen because I do feel like this is in a year of incredible joy. Stepping into new areas of our life that we never dreamed we would step into, the things that are in your heart that you've been dreaming and maybe even afraid to talk about, um, and I'll, I'll talk about that more in a minute. But I really feel like this is actually a real shifting year where you're going to look back and go, oh my gosh, God's goodness is so much better than I ever realized. And I think in some ways a lot of people were kind of feeling down at the end of the year because 
it's literally like a last straw. Like things are going to break. Dams that have been chipped away at, chipped away at, are all of a sudden going to break and flood waters that are good. Healing waters are going to flow. Um, so understand that's kind of the background for what I'm about to share because I also personally do not ever see myself as someone who is bold. Um, I, I remember on my grid, somebody who's scared and a people pleaser and that's something the Lord's continually chipping away. Um, but I also feel that giving away in a huge way and I think that the Lord's saying that. Um, I heard from somebody on Sunday, he, well, real quickly, we're moving into this new house and it's down to the studs basically. So we sat down with the kids and we just said, okay, let's all ask God to give us words of encouragement or scriptures to write on the walls. So when I went to ask the Lord, I got this scripture, which I really don't like, <laughs> um, because I grew up at San Antonio Christian School, which was wonderful in a lot of ways, but the mascot was a lion, and it was the righteous are as bold as a lion. And so I always just kind of dismiss that verse. Like, I don't go to it because I just, it was so familiar to me. I was kind of like, ah, right, righteous are as bold as a lion, okay. And I don't feel that way. I did not feel that way. Like, bold as a lion, I don't want to be bold. <laughs> you know? Um, so we go to ask the Lord, and that's all I can hear. The righteous are as bold as a lion. The righteous are as bold as a lion. I'm like, okay. The righteous are as bold as a lion. And then I email, or I texted a couple friends and said, hey, if you feel like God's saying something for this year specifically, please send it to me. And um, one of them shot back, the righteous are as bold as a lion. And I was like, oh my gosh, of all the verses. Because uh, that really is kind of a random one. You don't like hear it all the time in Proverbs 28, but so when I heard it, I wasn't necessarily looking for it, and the, but the Lord didn't say Proverbs 28, he said, or 29, something like that, he said um, Daniel chapter 6, and I thought, I wonder if that's Daniel in the lion's den, and I go to it, and it is, and he was like, Casey, the lions didn't eat Daniel because he was as bold as they were, you know, he had this thing inside of him, and it was God, it was the Holy Spirit, that he, he, was, he was just like them. They're looking at him. At, it's like they were looking face to face. Um, that's just my own little take on it that I felt like the Lord was saying to me. That's not what scripture says. It says the Lord shut the mouths of the lions. But I also think there's something beautiful about this man of God who really is as bold as these terrifying things that are looking at him. Um, I do think a lot of us have gone through a season where it felt like we might get eaten by a lion. <laughs> and I do think that this is a new season where the Lord is going to show you that you are actually the lion. The lion's mouth is shut. It doesn't have any, it's not going to hurt you. It's actually really like, I mean, even some of those situations, that thing could be a pretty majestic thing in itself. And you are the one that will get out of the pit and walk into destiny, which is what um, Daniel did. Okay, so then the other thing I felt like for y'all specifically that um, the Lord was saying is, and I think this is really connected to what we're talking about about prayer, that he is loosing your voice. And I love what Lindsay shared this morning, and I'm not talking about your words. It can affect your words, but it's the voice of your heart. And it's, it's I think especially for women, um, there are many times when we have been told or we made a choice because it was hard or because we were intimidated to silence the voice of your heart 
or that the voice of your heart was bad. And so um, I really think the Lord is wanting to do business with us and loose your heart desires, the strength that is in you, the wisdom that is in you, that he's put all that there. I mean, how heartbroken would he be if we didn't step into what he put in us as women? And I think that's where, like, I, I really resonate with the righteous or as bold as a lion because um, I do think he, he's saying a couple things there. He's like, he's wanting to strengthen those parts of you that have a voice that you whisper about maybe with him or you dream about in the night or maybe you secretly tell to a friend and then you dismiss and go, well, my life's not that way or I can't do that or well, so-and-so's doing that, or that person's better than me at that, or, well, I could never do that, that he's wanting to give boldness to that voice in our heart. He's not saying, go stand on a mountaintop and shout my name to people and be rejected. I think sometimes I've, I've had a fear, like I connected that with boldness, and I think that is a form of boldness, and that's a beautiful form if it's the right form for him and you. But it's a different thing that he's releasing, which is a boldness inside our spirit to become who we really are destined to be. You know, I really think that it will grieve his heart if we walk through our lives and never listen to those desires that he put in us. I think he will go, I love you, and I'm so glad you're with me forever in this beautiful home called heaven. And, and then we might even be grieved going, oh, you made me to be so strong. You made me to actually be that person that I dreamed that I could be and then I stuffed it down or, or I thought it was prideful or I thought it was just wrong or just impossible. Um, and I think, too, some of the hard situations that we've been walking through in the last couple of years have been shifting us into a place to say yes to the things that God has put in our hearts. Um, I felt like he said, this is a year where the voice of your heart finds a home it finds companionship, it finds freedom, authenticity, joy, and hope. And um, that <coughs> really is prayer. I'm talking about prayer backwards here. But when the voice of your heart finds a home, the marker. Oh, here it is. When we're talking about prayer, we're not talking about saying things out loud, but we could be saying things out loud. We're not talking about opening a prayer book and reading a beautiful prayer, although that could be a beautiful prayer. Prayer, I mean, I think at the base, you know, what words do we put on prayer, and it's like if we're going to break it down, to me, probably just communication, talking.
And the truth is, I think this is in scripture, and I think that a lot of really wise people have said this. Nothing in the kingdom. Nothing that is of God happens apart from this. And that's like a big thing to say. But I want to say it. <laughs> and, and maybe this is too, like some of the words we've got, it's just relating. <coughs> or relationship. And I think sometimes because this became like a corporate um, big word, uh, fancy thing, that sometimes we dismiss what actually is a prayer. So when we're sitting alone, and we're actually getting in touch with this voice, and we're thinking things, I think a lot of times those are prayers that we don't even know we're praying. I mean, how often do people meet God that way? They're in a place of desperation, and they kind of just throw out the, here's where I am, and God help me. And then they go, and then it happened. <laughs> God did this crazy thing. Um, I also like to think of it as just the voice of our heart, and then obviously this happens in our thoughts, it's processed in our thoughts. And so when we combine this, valuing this, with valuing this, I think you just get prayer. It's not like you try to pray all the time, because that's where you're going to set yourself up for failure, like, oh, Paul says I should be in prayer continually, or that person's super prayerful, I'm not, or I don't have time, I'm a mom, and I have four and a half kids, and a job and trying to make dinner and, you know, trying to sleep too and stretch my back and I don't have a jillion minutes in my day to just go into a prayer closet, although that's sweet and I want to make time for it because it matters so much. But that my life is made up of this. My life is integrated into this because of Jesus. So this combination, valuing this space, in a place where it's totally, this thing is totally yoked with this thing, your life just becomes this thing. Now, sure. I mean, um, who you really, like, the, the authentic um, you right now. So I don't mean necessarily what anybody else sees. I mean, what's your, like, if I was going to sit down and talk to you and go, Vanessa, what is really going on with you? How do you feel? What do you think? What questions are you asking? Um, what are you processing? What are you dreaming about? Like, if I could really tap into, like, what's really going on inside of you, that's what I mean by the voice. Um, and a lot of times we're out of touch with this because we become really busy on the outside. We haven't given priority to caring for ourselves or letting the Lord love on us. Um, this thing gets stronger. This thing gets clearer who we even are. I mean, we, we don't even know who we are apart from this. We know who we think we are. And, and, and I think that's not what I'm talking about. Who we try to be, who other people think we should be, who our parents think we should be, who our husbands think we should be. All of that is like a false voice. It can be encouraging and good, but and some of it can be accurate, and some of it can be really inaccurate. But I'm talking about the authentic person that God made you be, and that is something you continue to discover. 
And I don't think you discover it apart from this. And I really don't think you discover it apart from this. But this is always happening if you're thinking. Are you thinking? Raise your hand. Do you think? Okay. What is the gospel? What is this? This is the first one I think we have to understand to even think about understanding this to, to, to begin to live this. And I'm going to put it last. I think the traditional, like, I guess for me, thought of gospel is like, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <laughs> the gospel is the Bible, you know, Sunday school, like you learned in Sunday school. Well, I, and I love that answer because it's like, the gospel of Matthew, of Mark, go on. Um, and so this word, if we wanted to maybe replace it with a smaller word, is this testament of Jesus according to Matthew, the story of Jesus according to Mark. So this is G- the story of Jesus, and obviously the core of that story is that he came to be with us, to save, heal, deliver, transform, forgive. You know, there's so many words we could put on, but I think the biggest thing <coughs> is the gospel is God with us. And so that's the truth. Um, you know, scripture says, Nothing can separate you from the love of God, not even hell itself. Um, it has other things in there, but I think hell is probably the worst one that we need to highlight. Um, so if this is true, if he's come to be with us, and he's also come to redeem me, he's come to make me a person that's in his image. He made me in his image. And they got a lot of junk and mud thrown on us by sin and brokenness and hurt. He's trying to clean me up from all of that. He's with me. He's never going to leave me. But when we come to a knowledge of the gospel and we receive the gospel, we start to get transformed and changed into the person by the Holy Spirit. But go back to this piece. I mean, the gospel is this. He is with you. You are not ever alone for a second. And I think this, understanding this, absolutely will transform this. Because if you think you have to get still, find God. And I'm not bashing those things. Those are tools to get you to a good place. Getting still is important. But if we essentially believe that we have to get connected to God again, that we have to go find Him again, that we've lost touch with him, we're really not understanding what he came to do to break every barrier between him and us. And the gospel is that nothing separates us from him. So what I'm trying to get you to understand is that if you're thinking, you're in a place of prayer. Because you are not alone. Like, Anne, will you come stand up here with me? So it's like this. Like, this is the gospel. She's not going anywhere. Like, she's not going to leave me. Even if I tried to leave her, I mean, this is what the whole of Scripture says. If I ran to the farthest 
ocean islands. It says, where can I go from your presence? Where can I flee from your spirit? If I go to the depths, you're there. If I run away from Anne, Anne is like superwoman, and she just stays stuck like glue to me. She will not leave me. Now, this lifestyle here looks like this. Okay, I'm not acting crazy anymore. Like, I, I could literally act crazy and just act like she's not there. Try to get away from her, run away. I couldn't even start throwing a fit. Where are you, Anne? Where are you, Anne? I mean, but I could really believe that, and it could seem really true, like, especially if I, like, turn this way, and I'm like, where's Anne? I haven't seen Anne in years. I keep on walking this way, and I just haven't seen her. No, but that's what we do with God. And, and truly, like, it's, it's a not understanding what the truth is. And so I could, I could choose for 20 years to walk through my life like this, and, I could, and, and Anne is, like, right there. And she could even be talking to me. She could be, like, brushing my hair and loving me. And I'm, like, you know, I could be, like, flagellating myself. Or I could be, like, really running into, like, very muddy areas. And I could just be closing my ears. Um, I could... And, and I mean, they, if you study the power of thought, it's really crazy. What you think is the reality that you live in. So if I think she's not here, I could very well live my life and never actually do this with her. Or I may even be doing that. I may be going, Anne, where are you? And she goes, I'm right here. I go, no, you're not. <laughs> you know? And just arguing with her. And I think that's what we do a lot. But when we start to receive the truth of the gospel and Anne's going, Casey, I love you. Casey, I'll show you how which way we should go so that you're not like in the mud so much, and I'll clean you up. I'll show you where the showers are. I'm actually going to take you and get you some really amazing clothes because you don't need to wear those tattered rags. Um, oh, and also there's some people I want you to meet. It's really important to me that you meet them because they're a gift to you. And also have these purposes. I really want to bless my kids. I really want to bless them. So I'm going to like hook you up with this one and that one, and then y'all are going to get together. And I put these dreams in you. And you're going to brainstorm about your dreams, and you're going to brainstorm about your dreams, and you're going to encourage each other, and you're going to do it, because I'm going to show you how to do it, and it's going to be awesome. Like, there's um, there's this incredible beach over here, and I really want to show you I made it just for you. Like, when I'm willing to do that, that's what starts to happen. And so, prayer is just this. It is just choosing to get like this. <laughs> and to go, not just... So I may be a little immature and like also excited early on, and I'm just like, okay, Anne. and I just tell her everything, and she's just really sweet to listen, and then she starts to talk back, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, and this, and then she talks, and then I, and she'll she'll maybe like try to tell me something, but I'll turn to her and talk, and then I'll just turn away, and then I'm like, okay, and and then I just turn away. But what I want to learn to do is like actually relate to her in a real relationship, as if she's real. Because the truth is, we all know Andrew, and it would be absurd for me to like sit here and ignore her. It'd be absurd. I would be crazy. You should check me into a mental institute. That's stupid. I mean, it is. But if I turn to her and start to just act like she's a real person who's really always with me and always communicating with me, then I can talk, and she can talk. We can also be silent. But I'm not flipping out about where Anne went especially in the silent times. I might even see it as, like, silence that I need, peace that I need, 
just being in her presence. Like, oh, I'm so glad to know that Anna's here. She's not talking right now, but just knowing she's in the room makes a really big difference in her life. And, you know, when she's not talking, I know that she's actually, like, telling me even maybe more that don't worry about this. Like, I have this. Because she's such a peaceful, powerful presence. And I've gotten to know her heart more because I've been talking and facing her and listening to her. And she showed me how some of those things I thought about her just weren't true. And some of the things I thought about people and myself just weren't true. But that happens here. It doesn't happen here. Sorry. <laughs> I'll miss you. Miss you too. She's still in the room. Yeah. Um, okay, we're going to break from prayer for a minute. But I, I do think it's something every time I teach on prayer at Christ Young Center, which is a little hard to come here and teach on prayer because I do this class weekly. I'm doing it twice weekly right now on prayer. And it's a five-week class. And we're like, we'd really dive into it in a lot of different ways. Um, and I feel like I've said everything over and over again that I have to say about prayer. Um, but I do feel like this is the thing that I, I think if we can start to get, it will transform us. And, and I don't get it. I mean, there's so many times when I'm, you know, just recognizing in myself that, oh, I've been living as if I'm alone in my mind or if I'm alone in this world and that I have to go somewhere to get to God rather than he's, he's absolutely still here. And so this thing that was once a monologue, becomes, we become aware that it's always been a it's always been about. Now we learn to recognize it. And when we learn to recognize it, we start to recognize, oh, this is his voice in the conversation. This is my voice. And then there's some other voices in there that don't need to be part of the conversation anymore. Okay, so putting that on pause, um, I do want to share what, what uh, I felt like I was saying for the media, not just for y'all, but in general. So on Wednesday when we had this service, um, this sweet young college guy came and like led worship, and he's just awesome. And he it was a sweet sweet time of worship, and he started singing some song that I didn't know. And as he's singing it, the Lord's giving me this picture, and definitely I think he talks in pictures because it's it is worth a thousand words. You can understand and you can say so much without writing a book. Um, and the picture was like, well, first of all, there have been times where I've really experienced God's presence where there's like a spot that he kind of takes you, like a really, especially if you do inner healing, a lot of times you'll end up like on a beach scene or it's like a really peaceful place. And there's this really peaceful place that in my conversations with him, sometimes he'll, he'll take me. And so we went, I, I kind of was like, okay, Lord, you know starting this dialogue with him, restarting the dialogue, and I was just saying, okay, what do you want to show me? You know, what are you saying? And it, this picture popped back in my head of this place that I would kind of go and meet with him. But this time, I realized it was a bench, and the bench seemed somewhat comfortable, and I was sitting on this side, and Jesus is sitting on this side, and uh, he goes, are you ready to get off the bench yet? And I was kind of like, 
community. Yeah, it's comfortable. <laughs> I think it's fine. And then I realize that, um, and I'm realizing this right as this guy starts to sing this thing about chains, like Jesus breaking off chains. I look down and there's like, um, you know how you would chain like a bench to a tree or something? Around the right front leg of the bench, there were like two loops of a chain and they were pretty loose. And I realized my little feet were just cuddled up right in there. And it was like, and I always do that with Joel, like we're sitting next to each other, I'll cross my leg and put my little foot behind his and he, sometimes it bothers him. <laughs> He's like, you just want something to like hold on to, huh? Um, other times he doesn't mind, but sometimes he's like, I'm hot. <laughs> anyway, um, but it reminded me of that, how I'll like stick my leg around his leg. It's not like it was really chained there. I literally, like for comfort, had stuck my little foot in that chain. Like it was like a holding place. And I was like, oh, that's weird. But I, as soon as I saw it, I knew I could slip my feet out. It wasn't like I was chained there. I, it was literally like I chose to slip my feet in these chains. And then he, he, he like kind of motioned to the back of the bench. And I love, this is how God is when he corrects us, I think. It's always super gentle. It is not like, you are bad. It's never, those voices are not the word. If you hear condemnation, accusation, that's the enemy's only game is accusation. But the Lord will correct us in this way that you're like, oh, that's so funny and I'm ridiculous and I do want to be free. So he kind of glances at the back of the bench and I look and in the stone of the bench it says comfort. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, are you, are you ready to get off this bench? It's been comfortable for you, but I, I'm kind of ready to go. Are you ready to go? And I was like, well, obviously, if I'm slipping my feet in a chain, and it's actually the bench that says comfort, but it really looks not comfortable. It's like a hard stone. It would be a good thing to get off the bench if Jesus is suggesting it. And I was, but I realized deep down, my inner voice is going, I don't want to get off this bench. For, for some reason, it's very comfortable to me. And um, I think it's linked to this boldness thing, too, because, you know, even, for instance, at, at a Christ Healing Center, one of the things that we are really trying to do is make sure that it's just a comfortable space. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. A safe space, a, a place where people come and they feel like they can take a deep breath. They feel loved. They feel accepted. They're not weirded out. Um, and I had had an experience with a dear friend who recommended somebody come to the center. And, um, you know, we work really hard, truly, to make it, like, a really safe place. For instance, I, um, I were doing these surveys and these feedback forms, and I'm the only one that sees them. And we've probably done, like, 70, and we were writing this grant. And so I was going through and, like, pulling people's testimonies from them. And literally, we have, like, amazing feedback. It's, like... On a scale of one to five, how comfortable were you? Or, uh, um, it, and then, like, how impacted was your life? One being not really, two somewhat, three maybe, five life-changing. Like, 67 out of 70 responses are, like, fives. It's like, this was more amazing than I ever ex- thought it would be. I never knew I could hear God's voice so clearly. This changed my life. Felt so peaceful. Um, you know, just amazing comments. Like, it's really good. But I also had gotten a feedback from a friend, and I got concerned about one of our <coughs> ministers, honestly. And so I was looking through this, and I was trying to figure out 
who these three appointments were. And one was just threes, and the other two were fours, and then the rest of our feedback was five. So I'm like looking into these three prayer appointments. Well, I find out that the threes one was me. <laughs> and it was the friend, the, the daughter of a friend that recommended Christ Healing Center. And why I'm telling you this is because it did trigger in me this people-pleasing thing where I wanted to please my friend. I wanted to please the person who had never been there before, you know, doesn't have a, necessarily a grid for that kind of thing. And um, I, I mean, it did kind of bother me. Like, I prayed through it quite a few times. And I feel like the Lord at the New Year, like, even used that to go, like, I provide comfort to people, and I make you bold, and I want to break off this people-pleasing thing that you're walking in. So he's bringing that to mind as I'm realizing I have my little feet in this little place that feels comfortable so I'm going, okay, Lord, just take the people-pleasing thing. I want, I want to love people, but I don't want to be ruled by what, making sure everybody feels comfortable either. And um, he goes, okay, good, because I want to show you what's going to happen when you get off the bench. And I could just see it in my mind. As soon as we got off the bench, every step shook the ground. It was like an earthquake. And it was like... It was, it was easy, but it was literally like walking on clouds, but every step just shook the ground. And I, wanna, I want to release that for you guys, too, because I do think it's connected to the voice word. That he's given you a voice. He's given you a unique call. <coughs> he's empowered you. You are not ruled by people. You are not ruled by comfort. You are not ruled by um, chains that feel comfortable but that he's li- he is literally calling all of us off the bench. And it's not into a scary world. It's into a world that maybe has hard ground that he wants to break up. And it's into a place of beauty. I mean, truly, like, the scene is beautiful. Um, it reminds me of living in Hawaii, and there are some benches over this incredible um, beach park where you saw just amazing beach for two miles. It's Kailua Beach. And I painted that bench quite a few times. It was that. He's like... This bench is fine, but don't you want to get off? Don't you want to get off and just watch what happens? Okay, so then um, the other things that he was, I felt like he was saying were that this was a year where radical love would be realized, and it starts with his. And it's, it's like the Hosea kind of love. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go home and read Hosea. Hosea is the picture in Scripture where he... He's like trying to tell his people how much he loves them, and they think that they're too far gone, just like a lot of times we do. That's why we don't live in this place. And um, so he says, Hosea, I want to show my people how much I love them. So will you go and marry the prostitute um, that everyone knows? I want you to go and marry her and love her and love her back into a beautiful place. Like, it doesn't matter what she's done. And that's this picture of our amazing God. And um, it is a radical love. And I think he's not only making us realize it for ourselves, he's helping us realize it and see it for other people. That we're going to have eyes to see his radical love for other people. And in that, it's easy to love. It's easy to pray. It's easy to bless. Um, Another thing... Also, my friend who was texting me said it's a year of freedom from the fear of man. And so I just want to say that again because we all struggle with it. Um, from the fear of what? Fear of man. Yeah. 
people pleasing, I think is another word to say it. Um, same thing. Okay, so you know the saying, um, the good old days? I was, as I asked him, the first time I asked him for a word for this year, that's what he said. He said, um, you know the saying, the good old days. Well, in this year, there's going to be a new saying coined, and it's the good new days. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that's, I think, the biggest thing that he said that resonates with me, that we're entering a season of the good new days, truly. And then he kind of highlighted good. Good being that his goodness is on display in like a mega way. Like any way that you can look back at your life and say, I experienced God's goodness here, it's going to pale in comparison. We haven't even begun to actually live into the goodness of God, and we will. We will look back and go, wow, in 2017, I I, I thought I knew God was good. I didn't know. We were like paupers and orphans. Now we know he's really that good. He really has no disappointment in him. He really binds up the brokenhearted, and he really transforms lives. Then the new part was about freshness. So places in our life that have felt stale and old, um, it's not just a season change, it's like an era change. Like, we'll look back at 2017 and go, my life was really different before then, and my life is totally different now. It's fresher, it's newer, it's good, it's refreshing. We will be people that are full of life. And then I felt like you said, look for babies to spring up everywhere. And that is true. I know so many people that are pregnant. But he was saying, it's the babies. He means that as a metaphor, like the things that are in your heart, kind of back to the voice thing. But in this thing, he was using babies. Like, you know how people go, that's my baby. Or this is my baby. Or that's her baby. Some of us have babies that everybody knows about. And those are going to spring up even more. And then some of us have babies that we've never told anyone about. And those things are going to spring up. Um, And then the days. I felt like he was highlighting... So it's good new days. The days piece of it was like he was saying, the goodness and the newness is going to be a daily thing. It's not like you're going to go, oh, hard, 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 breakthrough, better. You're going to go, no, I see his goodness, his newness today. I see his goodness and newness today. I see his goodness and newness today. And I think that's a different way for the body of Christ to live, honestly. Um, And then there's three R words, and they've been on my heart for like three months, one in particular, and it's the last one, but I just want to say them together. Redemption, restoration, and restitution. Restitution is the one that's really been on my mind, and please look it up in the dictionary. It's an incredibly powerful word, and I think it really beautifully shows what God does. He does redeem us. He does restore us. But then the idea of restitution is like things that have been taken from us, places where our voice has been robbed, where we've been hurt in life. Um, he, he not only comes and repays, but he repays above and beyond. He gives more than what was taken. And I think we all um, want that. I, I know that there was a season in my life where I didn't know that God did that, and I, I didn't dare to dream to ask him to do that. Um, but the truth is that that's the gospel too. He takes the brokenness and makes it better. He takes ashes and gives us beauty. Um, there's that scripture that says he will give you the treasures of darkness and so that you will know who he is. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but it's, I think it's Isaiah 45 or 3, but look it up. Treasures of darkness is the key phrase there. Um, riches stored in secret places. 
And I think that that's a huge promise, especially for people who've been walking through a darker season, that there are treasures and he will give them to you. And it, it's not, not one ounce of your pain is in vain. Not one ounce of what you've walked through that's hard is going to be in vain. And I really do think that we're going to all like come back together in May and go, oh my gosh, this year has been a year of restoration. This year has been a year of restitution. This is a year that I'm, I'm, I'm really getting it. Like God is good and he's for me. And I thought I already knew that, but now I really know it. Last thing, freedom will look like something. That's just what I heard him say. Like, freedom's not just a concept. It's actually going to look like something. And then he turned it around and was like, and it's going to look like you. It's the corporate you. Like, it's going to be you. And so um, I'm going to just pray. And um, then I want to, for a second, I'm going to pray us into it. And then I want to give you some silent time to just do this thing with the Lord. Where you realize he's with you already, so you don't have to jump over any hoops to get to him. And just talk to him with the most authentic voice that you have right now. And I would encourage you to ask him what he's saying for you personally this year and for your family personally this year. And then the next thought that comes to your head, don't dismiss it. Especially if it seems like something you wouldn't have thought of, or too good to be true, or like, I know joy is not always a word that's been on the tip of my tongue. I'm happy and peaceful and content, but joy has not been one of them. And he started speaking to me about joy last year, and at the beginning it was hard for me to receive, and now I'm like, joy is everywhere. Um, so what he says, go ahead and write it down. And then if you have an issue with it, or you're like, I don't know about that, tell him. And then let him talk back to you about it, okay? Um, so I'm going to pray give you space and then I'll give you like five minutes to just listen and talk and if it helps you to write out your question to the Lord just to slow your thoughts down do that um, and then I'll come back and just pray into some of these words and whatever that I said rings true for you maybe write it down and talk to the Lord about it because he'll show you more and if he is showing you more I would really love to hear about it just because I do all, I went into this new year kind of like down and blah and out of my down and blah mouth was coming so much hope on Wednesday night. Like, I think there's so much hope around the corner. And we should be encouraged. This is not a down season. This is a massive, not just breakthrough, but like living in peace and freedom and our lives changing kind of year. This is a big shift and good year. Oh, this is also on my mind. So could we all join me in this? I want to just bless the sanctuary and bless the people that are worshiping here, the leaders here. We're so blessed that they, we have gotten to meet here for how many years? I don't know. And Alma White's Methodist is such a generous, loving, beautiful community. And I know that, obviously, I mean, if you, if you are part of it, if you don't, are not part of it, you may not know what I'm talking about, but if you're part of it, there's been a lot of shifts and things that seem depressing that have happened here. Not bad, but some things that have just left a lot of us with questions and we're not sure. And um, I think the Lord really is also part of this hope is just going, you know what? Release a blessing because there's so much to bless and watch what I'm going to do. You know, there's hope for everyone and every community that is in Christ. And um, and I think, too, like, our blessing is power.
grateful because he told us to bless. And and, in in the creation story, and I was just rereading it, it's one of my favorites. There's just such a beautiful pattern. It's, then God said, and then it happens, and then it says, and that is what happened. And then God saw that it was good. And then, then God said, let there be. And then it happened. And then it was, he said it was good. And, he, and then God said, that's what happened. And God said that it was good. And that was a chaotic place. And the gospel also is that, another way to look at it is that God brings shalom to our chaos. The whole story of the New Testament and the Old Testament together is that God brings shalom to chaos. So what we might feel is chaotic in our community or what we might feel is chaotic personally is like the perfect breeding ground for the Lord to come and speak, for it to happen, and then to see that it's good. And then God also, in that seeing it's good, it says he blesses it. And so he also says, join me in blessing the earth. And so I just want to, at the new year, bless this community that has loved us so well that many of us are from, some of us are not. Um, so if you'll just in your heart join me in that, and I'll do that right now. <coughs> God, I love you, and I am thankful that you speak. I'm thankful that it's actually part of the gospel. If you don't know that you speak and you know what your voice is, I'm not sure we begin to touch the gospel. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean it in an encouraging way that you do speak directly to us. And so you... Um, teach us that. We teach us to pray, Jesus. We teach us to live prayerful, to live from that place of relating and dialoguing, listening, hearing, turning and facing you. And God, we do just as a, as a group of women who've been so blessed by Alliance Methodist Church, right now, whatever the words of light and life, and joy, and honor, and encouragement, and blessing that are in your heart, and that even come to our minds right now, we just together bless on the Heights Methodist and say, um, let it be so according to your will, and according to your good word, and let it happen, and let it be really good, and let everybody see that it's blessed. We pray for each person that has sown into this community that they would receive redemption, restoration, and restitution, that they would receive honor for the ways that they blessed our community, and specifically for giving us a place to land and to seek you together and to worship you, for helping us find our voice and your voice. So Lord, now, in this next little bit of time, will you come, Holy Spirit, in a really powerful way? I know you're with us, but I also mean um, we're turning our attention. We're turning and looking at you and saying, yeah, I do want to talk to you like you're really in the room. Like you're really right beside me and that nothing can separate me from you. So we speak to each one of us whatever's on your heart and a word of encouragement for this year for us and our family.